0: Welcome to the What Was That Horror Movie Podcast. I'm Lamont. I'm Joy. And this is our first episode. Um, I guess we should talk about what the podcast is about. We're going to be talking about horror movies from the time period between 2001-2010. It's not really worth going completely into. You'll start to understand the farther along in the podcast we get. But just know that this is a very unique time for horror movies. And you'll be able to see how influential this period is to our current horror that we have today. Um, We're going to start off our episode with talking about frailty.
1: Yeah, um, did you want to give a brief introduction about your kind of background in with horror movies or
0: you need to know a little bit about us just a little bit just
1: so you know basically (laughs) Lamont knows everything and I don't really know shit (laughs) so that's kind of the summary of our roles in this I am going to read the synopsis so I have something to add (laughs) and then uh, yeah and Lamont's the the pro here
0: (laughs) I've been watching horror movies my entire life Uh, my parents grew up watching horror films uh my dad has a collection that i now currently have i still collect to this day and i felt like it was time to get these movies talked about uh you're gonna notice the movies that we talk about on this podcast a lot of other podcasts don't really talk about and i think we're gonna be filling a niche that needs to be filled oh yeah so uh without further ado we're going to start with our first episode frailty
1: all right. Frailty is Bill Paxton's directorial debut.
0: And what a hell of a fucking directorial debut, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And um I didn't know, really, that this movie existed. I mean, it's a little old for for me, but it came out in what, 2002?
0: 2001. 2001.
1: Yeah. yeah so I I didn't know about it. Yes. Yeah. I guess, is criminal, because <laughs> you grew up with this movie yeah. as a classic staple in your home, right?
0: Yeah, it's one of those movies that we always put on around the house. Like I said, my mom loves this film, and, you know, I have always loved it, but as I got older, I've appreciated it more and more and more, and, you know, just with all the horror that I've seen throughout the years from the classics of slasher era, you know, now to the current paranormal era that we're in today, you know, this film, I can come back to it and I always feel like it's an A plus every single time.
1: Yeah, and I, I only watched it the one time, but I feel like without giving too much away, this is the kind of movie that upon more watches reveals more. To the viewer.
0: Exactly. Um,
1: And you you appreciate it more.
0: It really is one of those movies that I think you should be showing your kids when you do have them. Um, There's not a lot of gore. Um, While the content itself is really graphic, it's still a great introduction to the horror slash...
1: I don't know if I'd show kid-kid show this, but I'd show it to, like, a like an older kid, maybe. Like a 13, 14-year-old? Oh, year yeah, old? that's, like, a teenager. That's yeah. fine.
0: Like, a kid, still a kid, but... I wouldn't
1: show this to, like, a 7-year-old.
0: True, yeah, that would traumatize him. Yeah, no, let's not do
1: that. Yeah,
0: good lord. <laughs> well, let's get started with it. Hell
1: yeah. Okay. So, Matthew, McConaug- Matthew McConaughey's character, Fenton, walks into an FBI office late one evening, And says that he's got information about a serial killer that's known as the God's Hand Killer. Uh, He insists that he speaks to the lead investigator on this case, Agent uh, Wesley Doyle, who's played by Powers Booth.
0: Monster of an actor right there. yeah,
1: did a really good job in this
0: Powerful fucking man right there. (laughs) (laughs) He
1: scared me and I was sitting at home watching it. (laughs) Um, But he says that his brother Adam is the killer. And his brother actually just committed suicide.
0: Exactly, and Um, I think...
1: And Fenton says that he stole his brother's body and an ambulance to fulfill a promise he made to bury him in this rose garden that was on their property or behind their property when they were children.
0: And and Detective Doyle doesn't believe any of this shit. (laughs) He's he's not having it. Yeah, but he
1: he stole an ambulance, and Doyle confirms the story. He calls another small-town sheriff's officer and figures out that it's legit. Um... Yeah, and then he doesn't answer Doyle's direct questions about why Fenton knows Adam's the killer, but he gets going into this long involved story.
0: Well, yeah, and that's where the story starts. Uh, He basically takes us back to 1979, and he's taking us back to his childhood so he can explain how he knows for a fact that his brother is the God's Hand Killer.
1: Mm -hmm. Bill Paxton plays the father in this film who, who we don't get to know his name, so we'll just call him the dad. Uh, and his two boys, who live by themselves because their mother passed away. Uh, 1979 and Fenton's family. It's him, his dad, who's played by Pil- Bill Paxton, and his brother Adam. They don't have their mom. She passed away when they were younger.
0: What did you think about the family?
1: Um, I think they did well. Like, I-, I think that some of the dialogue was kind of weird, but I think the acting was good. And that they had a real believable relationship dynamic
0: bill paxton is the quintessential father that man looks like he could go change your tire and then come in and cook you a nice burnt steak (laughs) i mean he he's the man and the way that the kids gravitate towards him he feels like he is the father figure in the house um when they open up The scene when they're kids we see Fenton out there cooking in the kitchen and making dinner for his father but you can tell that they're all happy Mm -hmm. and I think that that really lends itself to the story because you know that this is a tight-knit family who all love each other
1: yeah and you can tell you know uh, Fenton is left to supervise Adam all the time so he's got a a protective kind of role over him as an older brother as well, especially because they don't have their mother.
0: Exactly. So
1: it's, it's a real believable family. Exactly. Yes. So we've got this nice, happy family, whatever. And so one night in the middle of the night, the dad walks in, or walks into their bedroom and turns on the lights. And he said that he had a dream where he got a message from
0: God. This scene's kind of cool too, because they set it up to where the light, from the supposed angel that he gets the vision from is shining on a trophy that he has in his room and the trophy is an angel so you know symbolism knocking on our heads but you know it's a great it's a great shot because As he's starting to hear more from the angel, the light itself is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. Just Mm -hmm. like, you know, that white light that you associate with talking to something heavenly.
1: So um, the dad comes in and says that he's got a message from God. And that an angel came to him and said that they have been selected to be God's hands. And uh, destroy demons that are disguised as people.
0: Fenton looked shook.
1: Yeah, so he's been told to wait and God will give him uh three basically magical weapons and more information as they wait um and initially adam is excited about being like a his dad describes it as being kind of like a superhero fighting crime but they're destroying demons you know
0: well he's Adam's so much younger fenton also right after that uh, adam gets excited fenton mentions initially, that fenton says are you sure that happened?" Yeah.
1: also lets him know that the angel said someone will die if they tell anybody <laughs> basically. So they have to keep it secret. The next day, what I thought was cool was the next day they woke up and uh, no one said anything about it. You could see Fenton was visibly upset when he woke up, but then he kind of, as the morning went on, his nerves eased because no one brought it up. And then once they got to school, the dad called out from the car and he said, "Uh, have a good day. And don't forget to not tell anybody what I told you last night. And uh, Fenton just stops dead in his tracks and Adam keeps walking and is like, okay, dad.
0: Well, and I think the thing is about this is that it's obvious that Fenton is really upset by this. And you can tell that he's supposed to be the surrogate for the audience. The audience is also in the same boat Fenton is. They think his dad is a complete psychopath. And it's not far-fetched to believe that if anyone's dad told them that, they would be surprised. And I think that that's why they made adam the younger brother and they made him as many years younger as they did because at that younger of an age you can really you know manipulate your kids that way they're more susceptible to being able to believe things like that Mm -hmm. so i think that that in and of itself lends to the story because we're able to experience almost everything that fenton experiences is how the audience is feeling.
1: Yeah, because we're, you know, doubting that this actually happened. You're not you know, we're calling the dad crazy as well. Exactly. So, um Fenton hopes basically that this is all, all just go away, <laughs> that it won't happen anymore. <laughs> it won't come up. And then one day his dad comes home with an axe and a pair of gloves.
0: Yep, the axe's name is Otis. Who the fuck knows why?
1: Uh, the axe didn't just announce, hi, I'm Otis, by the way, it says Otis, it was carved on the handle, uh, we don't know for a fact his name is Otis, (laughs) maybe it belonged to someone named
0: Otis. Makes you wonder if that's the dad's name.
1: I mean, he's just called dad in the credits.
0: Yeah, hey, that would be really fucking symbolic if his, (laughs) (laughs) God was out here, God's out here carving names (laughs) on axes. (laughs)
1: Your nostalgic goggles are on for this one. You're like no trying way. to find symbolism in everything. I mean, it what? Means. God was a carpenter,
0: right? It's not too far-fetched. Jesus. Oh, whoopsie-daisy. God.
1: I mean, God was the carpenter of the, the world, I guess. <laughs> he made everything.
0: Anyway, okay. Bill pa- we better stop where Bill Paxton puts us on his list. No,
1: know, yikes. <laughs> uh, so he comes home. Oh, and he comes home with like a... Uh, lead pipe
0: a third and final weapon so now the, that the gloves he's
1: is another one so that it's the axe the gloves and the pipe
0: exactly so now he has three weapons and now he's waiting for god to send him a list of names of the supposed demons
1: So dad comes home one night, just kind of like super excited and says that the angel gave him another vision and has a whole list of names written down.
0: And that scene is ridiculous. I mean, if there's anything bad I can say about this film, it is that scene because he's sitting under that car. And the angel that comes oh, and down. when the angel shows him. Oh my! What happened there? Bill Paxton lost the budget there. He was like, "Guys, we don't have money for this."
1: <laughs> you mean the scene where he's under the car? And well, yeah, and that yeah.
0: that CGI angel that looks like it was made in like Microsoft Paint. Right.
1: I think the I think that the angel coming to him looked bad. That fire. But I liked the immediate aftermath of that when he came out of the came out from under the car and he was kind of like shake it afterwards, you know?
0: Well, they make it very apparent that to the father all of this is very real. Yes. And they show it in the way not only when he goes and gets Otis, there's a light shining through a barn, and it's shining right on the gloves and the axe.
1: Mm-hmm. And I remember and... at that point I turned to you and I said, do you think that he's seeing this or do you think this was like a real beam of light coming from the sky, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. and. you you, you're starting to see that to the father all of this stuff is happening you you see whenever the father is showing his perspective of what happened you see thing you see the angels bright lights you see the the signs from god Mm -hmm. but whenever it's fenton's point of view you see the dad almost in a human-like state and when you see him in that sense he's he looks like a murderer
1: Mm yeah uh so so he comes home with this list and Fenton's kind of like still doesn't believe this is happening. He's freaking out still.
0: He makes a point to say these are real people's names. like
1: like these yeah,
0: to Fenton, these are not demons and, and, and Bill- it's
1: important to note the change in the verbiage because dad says, you know, we are not killing people. We are destroying demons. In his mind, they're two separate things completely. Like, one is completely morally justified. Another night, later, after this kind of dies down a little bit, uh, he hears a sound outside. And he looks outside the window and he sees that his dad is carrying a wrapped body over his shoulder, like in a white uh, tarp-type thing. And he goes outside and he sneaks out and he's like, Dad, what the fuck? And his dad drops him, or drops the, the woman that he's holding, and you see that she's still alive. And so the dad summons both of the boys to the shed out back. Um, this woman has tape over her mouth and her hands and feet are tightly bound.
0: He explains basically what he did too. He said that God told him it was time mm-hmm. and he says that he didn't have trouble finding the place because God was leading the way. And I th- it's, again, it's another point where you know that the dad is crazy, but in your head you have to ask, well, if he's crazy, how the hell did he find this woman?
1: Like this is a good coincidence. Like good for him, you know. And, but it
0: does make you wonder are these people that the uh, that he knows? Because the woman looks terrified, but you can't tell if maybe she's terrified because she knows him.
1: I mean I'd be or, terrified if anybody did exactly. like that to me, to be fair. Exactly. Someone's taking hey, with a lead pipe and put me over their shoulders, Some, I don't yeah, like, bound.
0: just starts touching me after he takes his gloves off and or starts shaking. Shaking and
1: screaming, oh my god. Okay, so t- yeah, t- you're right. Well, yeah, so what happens next is he takes the glove off. Cause he needs to be wearing the gloves to grab the person because when he takes his gloves off and touches them uh he apparently like sees her true nature and sees all the like scary shit they've done all the bad things they've done other people because they're not people they're they're people they're demons disguised as people he, he seems terrified because he's seeing something so he's convinced she's a demon and he kills her with the axe right in front of the kids making him watch.
0: Yeah, and Fenton is visibly Fenton shaken.
1: Says Dad no, he's begging his dad not to do it basically the whole time. He's
0: in tears, too. Mm-hmm. He's bawling his eyes out.
1: And Adam is
0: Adam's stone-faced. You can tell that Adam is like buying focused. into this
1: at the very least a little bit.
0: Exactly. Mhm. And you and know, he- they go and dump the body. They go and they go and bury the body in the rose garden right outside of their house.
1: Yeah, and Fenton's crying and he says God, you killed someone. And he again reiterates that, no, I didn't kill a person. I destroyed a demon.
0: Well, I think that's also, uh, there's a, that's hammered home when Adam starts trying to dump the pieces of the body down the hole. And his dad is like, No no no, they have to be dropped a certain dropped and buried a certain way.
1: Like the angel told him yep. that it needed to be very specific.
0: So it's not like he's just throwing dead bodies into these graves in the rose garden. He's doing a very specific method of getting rid of the bodies. So again, it's adding to the delusion right now.
1: And while they were also back there digging that grave, Adam insists like that he was able to see Uh, her demon nature when the dad touched him and Fenton's like, no, you're just lying. You didn't see it. You're just being brainwashed by dad, essentially, is what Fenton thinks.
0: And it's plausible. You know, Adam is a young kid. He's a lot younger than Fenton. His dad is his idol and has always been his idol. So it's not too far-fetched to imagine that he would believe something like this that his dad is saying, especially when his dad made it seem like such a noble cause.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So we're taken back to Matthew McConaughey, adult Fenton, in the uh, current day, and throughout this story that he's been telling Agent Doyle, he's been kind of asking Fenton for answers, which he's kind of vague about. He doesn't always give direct, specific answers, because you can tell he's trying to tell the story in a specific way. And so Fenton offers to prove it and to show him the Rose Garden where all these bodies are buried, and that's going to be, you know, the way of... Proving to him that his story is legit, so they go outside, and that's when that kind of scene where you can really tell what their kind of relationship has become. Exactly. This agent and yep. and Matthew McConaughey, Fenton, um, because they go outside, and the agent tosses a pair of handcuffs to him, and he says, "What's this for?" And he says,
0: "He c- He's like, either you do it or I will."
1: Yeah, like cuff yourself, basically. Like he he's letting him know he doesn't trust him.
0: Well, and any like, like, detective he, would do that. If you're an any competent detective would do that. But I think it's
1: important that rather than saying, turn around, let me cuff you, he tossed him at him. You know, it's kind of a He's witch. keeping trust. He's, keep, he's, he's establishing a rapport.
0: Exactly. Which I think... And it, and at the same time, he's also letting him know, I don't trust you still. Like, you are still like very you suspicious. my attention,
1: but I'm still very cautious. Which
0: you should when you're in a situation with a murderer that's out killing people and you have no leads and some random guy is just Mm -hmm. basically giving you your case on a silver platter
1: this isn't one of those movies where people die because they're fucking dumb
0: exactly (laughs) it's not like he's 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 not wholeheartedly believing he's not wholeheartedly believing he's he's reasonably skeptical like any reasonable detective would be
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so i thought that was a nice way of kind of Establishing their relationship the fact that he tossed the cuffs to him and had him cuff himself So he still kind of had some dignity in it. You know what I mean? Like he was showing him respect. So Matthew McConaughey is in the back seat in cuffs and uh, Doyle has him Continue telling this story. So we go back to 1979 So dad gets a van and they go to get their next target who is this elderly man and they go to a grocery store where this elderly man is and they park the van.
0: And this is when shit starts getting much more real for the kids as well because. I mean, I, I mean and, well, it's like the they thing is, someone in front of him. He, yeah, but that's not the same as actually going and getting, helping kidnap the victim, which is what's happening in this scene. Mm-hmm. Fenton is helping his father Kidnap this man By acting like his cat Is stuck under his car mm-hmm. And the thing about this scene Is that Fenton does not want to do this At he's, all He's
1: sobbing while this happens And, it only, and the man thinks he's sobbing Because his cat's under the car But he's actually sobbing Because his dad is helping him Or making him help kidnap this guy
0: And the thing is is that this This guy He looks like your stereotypical weirdo So you almost don't feel as bad that he's getting hit. But at the same time, you're like, yo, this guy's kidnapping people with his children. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember this is broad daylight. He's kidnapping this man with cameras around in broad daylight in the middle of a supermarket parking lot. So that only adds to it because Fenton's also afraid of being caught. But his dad told him that God is going to protect them, so...
1: Mm-hmm. And so as dad mm-hmm. goes with the pipe to knock out this, this old man, as he goes to look under the car, Fenton runs away. And, you know, he's still sobbing. And uh, he goes to the sheriff's department, he stands across the street from it. Mm-hmm. And he, you can see him think seriously about telling on his dad, but he decides against it and runs away.
0: Yeah, but he does it because of Adam, because he said he didn't want to uh, do something. He didn't want to hurt Adam.
1: hmm and so, Dad is furious about Adam, or I'm sorry, not Adam, Fenton running away. <clears throat> and so he tells Fenton that he needs to dig a massive pit in the backyard, and that he needs to pray the whole time they're doing it to accept God's will for their family's work.
0: Yeah, and Fenton so takes this shit like a monster. He's
1: fucking furious. <laughs> Fenton angrily digs. Uh, he refuses to wear gloves. The first night he comes in, he's wearing glo- he wasn't wearing gloves. His hands are destroyed.
0: And he still doesn't wear them. And, and he he's... tells his dad that he's, uh, he's not going to wear them because he doesn't need them, for one. And two, because he's trying to spite his father. Because his father wanted him to pray in order to finish the hole. He gave him an unreasonable amount of time to finish the hole. And... Fenton essentially was rebelling you know he refused
1: to pray the whole time Adam came out and offered to help and he was like
0: no yeah he called him a butthole yeah you know good old you know 1979 butthole. <laughs> you know, can't be upset about that mm-hmm. but then it starts to it starts to make sense why he asked him to dig this hole this wasn't some random punishment um
1: he wants him to pray and actually like be more involved so they board up the sides of the pit and add a roof, and then they slide the shed over the top
0: of it. Yeah, he just put a shed over the fucking top. It makes no sense. Yeah, the, but, the, well, it's,
1: it's to be, like, hidden, I guess. But uh, there,
0: yeah, but the... There's the, basically the a
1: basement under their shed now. Joy,
0: to make something like that stable, Bill Paxton is not a fucking architect. He did not know how to do this.
1: But Dad is. <laughs> okay,
0: but how the fuck did he do this? And not only that, there's no way that hole is even. Fenton was furious. That is not an even hole.
1: Well, also Fenton is probably upset because he's he kind of he made this place that's gonna be used to
0: kill people. But he doesn't. But he didn't know that. He didn't know that initially.
1: But I imagine afterwards, he probably realizing what his dad wants to do with this, he was probably kind of yeah and about that.
0: The the thing that always kills me about this scene is that. They're not able to push the barn or the shed until Adam gets behind. Like, what the fuck is seven-year-old Adam going to do?
1: like, Adam, come help me push. Yeah, like,
0: Adam is going to help push anything. If he even
1: is seven. He does, he's at small seven.
0: What is, <laughs> at, what is Adam bench? Like, 25 pounds? Like, does get Adam out of, my
1: fucking, pounds yeah, get out of like... my fucking
0: face, you know? I don't want to oh hear God. it.
1: Yeah, they get it. It's like, oh, uh, what's that movie? It's like Series of Unfortunate Events style where yeah, they it put it on the the little, uh, Long tubes, <laughs> long cylinders, and they roll it over there. <laughs> oh but, my god!
0: <laughs> but yeah, so he, so this is he likens the underground uh, area to a dungeon.
1: Yeah, he refers to it as a dungeon. Um, so his dad brings another victim. Uh, it's that skinny dude with the long hair, that guy. Yeah. And uh, puts, and he takes him to this dungeon now, and. Bill Paxton hands Fenton the axe and he says, it's God's will. He wants you to do this. Um, And Fenton turns around and runs. He says, no fucking way. (laughs) I'm not killing this dude.
0: Shit, there is an important scene that we didn't talk about and it's very important to later on in the plot. Um, There's a scene after, while they're in the, uh, after Fenton comes in with his hands and they're blistered, uh, Bill Paxton is talking to him, and they have an exchange where Bill Paxton basically says that the angel said something to him about Fenton. It might be even a little bit more before that.
1: I'm sorry, I've yeah. seen this movie like 12 billion times. I've seen it once and I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs>
0: because, yeah, because he tells him, it's when he was punishing him, he says that the the angel told him something about Fenton but he he's gonna prove it. Yeah. he's gonna prove him wrong and that's why he makes him dig the hole and that's a very important exchange
1: yeah i remember because this is the part where i started writing about how this whole movie is like an allegory for like religion and how <laughs> like the fact that he doesn't want to believe this about fenton is sort of like how christians cherry pick the bible like i went into my whole like all my notes are basically like whole movies about religion <laughs> and, how dumb it is. and anyway um uh, We'll find out later why that was stupid of me to do <laughs> so um yeah Fenton says no he turns around and he's like I'm not doing this uh and he runs and goes and tells the sheriff what's happening uh this is the kind of the final straw where he's like okay I gotta go tell somebody my dad wants me to do this myself
0: and can we talk about this sheriff's a dickhead so this sheriff right this is there it. is one sheriff there is one sheriff in this town and let me tell you something this sheriff...
1: Sheriff Smalls, I think that's his name.
0: He's yeah. not He's not at the sheriff's office.
1: And then... He lives, like, right behind the sheriff's office, and the kid, he's like, be back in five minutes, and so he runs up to his house and starts banging on the door because the kid's freaking out because there's a dude tied up in his dad's cellar dungeon. Well, okay,
0: <laughs> but even past that, how much of an asshole do you have to be to not close the door and lock it at the sheriff's station so people at least know that you're not in there so they don't run in there looking like an idiot? I
1: know, right?
0: But... You know, on top of that, when he does come out and talk to Fenton, he's just, he just does not believe anything Fenton says. Yeah. Which
1: So initially, he's, he says, I don't believe you. I'm going to go tell your dad. And, but then he's. No, he still doesn't believe him. He pretends he to agree to check, right? So Fenton is like, okay, come on. He's in the backyard. And then he says, okay, whatever. And he drives into the front door to go tell the dad. Because, uh,. The sheriff pretends to agree to go and check. He's like, okay, sure, let me go see. And then he brings Fenton home to the front porch to his dad. Yeah. And um, the sheriff and the dad scoff at the story, and Fenton insists, despite uh, his dad giving him these...
0: Which he's... Okay, time. we gotta stop right here, too. Fenton's a moron. So, in what galaxy does your dad leave this body where you think he left it? Like... I'm sorry, but what? where were you thinking? You think your dad was just going to run out and be like, oh, Fenton's out. I'm just gonna, let me leave the body here and just...
1: Exactly, we're yeah.
0: And go inside and drink coffee. Because he was inside.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So, what... I mean, to be fair, Fenton's a kid and he's been in a very stressful situation. <laughs> I
0: guess, but come on, use your head mm-hmm. a little bit.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: Because he gives them, he says, I can show you it's in the shed. Let me show you the shed mm-hmm. when... The cop is talking to Bill Paxton. Yep.
1: So he brings the sheriff to the dungeon.
0: Well, or... no, but he keeps saying it's go to the shed. Mm-hmm. But why would you not just go to the fucking rose garden? You know that
1: there are bodies for sure. Yeah.
0: yeah. So it makes no sense. And you and he acknowledges that when they go into the the, the
1: dungeon and there isn't a body.
0: Exactly. There. So anyway, it doesn't matter. But mm-hmm. but
1: again, I think that that's kind of fair because he's a kid and he's this is not a situation children should be in or anybody should be in, you know? So I imagine, you know, I don't want to judge his end. Well, he
0: better shape the fuck up. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why F- Fenton I mean, ends up where he ends up real we'll soon. Get there. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he yeah. ends up where he ends up.
1: So, okay, so, so dad kills Sheriff Smalls and um, immediately after, dad vomits and cries and says, and yells at Fenton. He says, you made me a murderer. And Which then, is
0: ridiculous if you look at like, in Fenton's point over you, you're like, this is ridiculous. But
1: then it comes it comes back to that point that Dad made the distinction between destroying demons. Let's, not
0: call, him, let's call him Bill Paxton. And, that's Big Bill. <laughs>
1: okay, I'm sorry. That's just the synopsis I'm reading calls him Dad, and so that's what I've just been calling
0: <laughs> How much of an asshole do you have to be to direct the movie and you don't even give your main character a name?
1: How do you be how do you do that when you are the main character? (laughs)
0: Furious. Just name yourself Bill. Just stop being. Well, okay, fine. I'll
1: call him Bill Paxton. Sorry, I won't call him dad. (laughs) Sorry, guys. He
0: needs he needs to be like this is why he didn't win an Oscar for this film. Oh my god. Wants to be ridiculous.
1: (laughs) So so his dad throws up, basically. He's like, You made me a murderer. This guy, I didn't destroy a demon here. This is the first time I've ever killed anybody. He's Losing his mind. He's really upset.
0: They go and dispose of the body. He's really... And he He's almost...
1: sobbing. He almost killed Adam. Or he almost killed Fenton.
0: Yeah. And Adam
1: stopped him. Right?
0: Yeah, Adam yeah. yells at him. Tells him to stop Dad. Which, again, why is Bill Paxton listening to his child like that when he was about to kill his other child?
1: Yeah, this is the point where I made a note and I was like, this is so sad because... I, I wrote uh, a lot of the unease comes from the fact that we're essentially just watching a mentally ill man unintentionally abuse and traumatize his children because he's, you know, for for what he thinks are good reasons, you know, and that is part of the unease of this film, I think.
0: Uh, I mean, you can understand if you've seen any form of abuse or if you've experienced it, this scenario feels so real. Mm -hmm. And while obviously you're not, your father isn't a murderer, you can relate to the dynamics of the family, which, again, is why I said at the beginning that them having this strong bond is so important for the story being successful.
1: Yeah. Really, this would be a totally different film if the family dynamic was not as convincing as it is.
0: Yeah, these kids... This, this,
1: this, it, the acting and the it, dynamic that's present really um
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to look at it like this. If these child actors ham it up, and they put on, you know, can't think of a bad movie. If they play, like, the kids from The Ice Cream Man, mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie's not that good. This movie's horrible.
1: But because of
0: the... Exactly. Yeah. Because we have two good kid actors. They're not great. They're they're, they're a little poopy. <laughs> but, you know, they're good enough to where Bill Paxton can carry them.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. So... Dad locks Fenton in the cellar after this. Uh, <laughs> Harry
0: Potter's his ass.
1: He, like, yeah, it was terrible. He and Harry there's potter no food, him. <laughs> no food. And Adam gets to come and pour one glass of water per day through a knot hole. In no, f- yo,
0: don't forget that Bill Paxton literally nailed down the, the board, cellar door. So he door.
1: can't open it, so Adam couldn't even help him escape if he wanted to. Yo. It was terrible. So after a week, so when he initially put Fenton in the cellar, he said, until he contacts God, until he sees God's light, like, you got to be down here because I can't kill people again.
0: Because to him, he broke a code of his. He did not want to kill a man. But the angel said that if they told anyone, there would be consequences.
1: And Fenton told... Oh, I didn't even think about it that way. My yep, mind.
0: Exactly. Oh, my Exactly. I just blow your fucking you just blew
1: mind? my fucking mind. Yikes. I was just like, Dad's being crazy. But no. See, guys. Someone this, had to die. Da- okay.
0: This is why film is so good. This is why this, <laughs> this film why you're is good. Here. Because, like I said, yeah, because like you just said at the beginning, when he first told him the story, he said that if he told anyone... That, that someone, someone would, would
1: die d- and that's exactly what happened <laughs> oh my God
0: <laughs> so like I said it it's very consistent this is a well-written movie mm-hmm. but yeah he's in that cellar and he starts to obviously when you start well, to af- when you become food deprived you're going to start having these hallucinations and Well, stuff. after
1: the first week initially he, the dad comes in and opens the door and he uh, he opens the door and he says did you, has have you seen God and Fenton looks at him and says. There is no God, and his dad doesn't say anything. And he closes it, and nails it shut again. For no,
0: me. he throws that shit down. He was furious.
1: Yeah, he, he slammed that shit down. He said, "He said, he said mother- there is no God," and he slammed he it. He said,
0: "You little motherfucker!" And when he was nailing those things he down, he was pissed. He, was he like, put extra nails in there. He was oh not letting him
1: down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that, yeah. I would have. Been- and yeah,
1: so so Fenton does begin to hallucinate, and um initially, he, and then he becomes unresponsive. And yeah. Adam's like. Dad, you know, get him out. So they pull him out. Um, Fenton smiles and tells his dad that he saw God, and he understands his purpose now. So Fenton's serene and confident. Um,
0: He goes, and this basically culminates with him going and helping his dad to capture another victim mm-hmm. uh they drive to a house and their plan is to tell this guy that they have a flat tire mm-hmm. and then they're going to use that opportunity while he's helping them to abduct him uh this guy is kind of a sleaze ball. he he knows what well, he tells his uh his girlfriend or whatever to shut the fuck up he
1: calls her whore and a <laughs> yeah <bitch>. calls <laughs> calls um, her all types of names it's very it reminded me of in pulp fiction when <laughs> he's God. like yelling in the yeah, oh fuck what's that dude's name with the guy who sold the drugs. You know how he yelled at his fucking lady? <laughs> There's something like way worse. It's very like trailer trashy kind of the home that they go to.
0: But he goes out and he says, hey, I'm going to, I think I have a tire iron in the back and I can help you guys out. Um, he's already suspicious though, because he points out that Bill Paxton has gloves on. Um, so you can kind of tell this guy's probably like a criminal. He's a little bit more aware of what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, so they get into the, claw, well, into the garage area. They have, like, a
1: detached garage around back, so they have to walk to the backyard, yeah.
0: And, yeah, uh, Fenton's bitch ass decides to knock something over, and the guy gets, he realizes that he's about to be attacked, and he hits Bill Paxton in the stomach.
1: With the tire iron.
0: Luckily, Fenton comes over, hits him in the face, and then Bill Paxton's able to knock him out cold.
1: Yep, and so they knock him out and bring him home. And dad does this whole barehanded touch thing. He sees all his sins and whatever
0: that Mm -hmm. he's been
1: doing with each murder. And he tells Fenton to destroy this demon using the axe.
0: Which, you know, I thought about, I was thinking about this for a minute. It makes me wonder if the reason he wanted Fenton to kill him, if it had something to do with, one, he didn't want his son to be able to take over, but two, he got hit in the stomach.
1: Like it must have been hard to swing an axe yeah, at that he, point. He, maybe
0: yeah. he wasn't able to and that's why he wanted fenton to as well well
1: plus the last time too he wanted Fenton to do it exactly no yeah so
0: i think you know all of that's a combination of the both
1: mm-hmm. so fenton is holding the axe he swings it back he holds it he's about to do it and kill this dude and he swings the axe sideways and hits his dad right across the chest.
0: Mm-hmm. His dad Dead. falls over and he's uh, gargling blood.
1: And Adam runs over, horrified.
0: And, and his dad. And this is when Bill Paxton is. He tells Adam to come closer. And he whispers and,
1: something, right? But
0: they're both looking at Fenton in like almost disgust. And then he whispers something to Adam. They look away and then they look back at Fenton. So you know at this point, this brings back to that moment when Bill Paxton said, "The angel told me something about you."
1: Yes, yeah, so we. Th- oh,
0: so okay. you remember that? If you remember that, you would have think, okay, he's letting Adam know, because I didn't you. think about that, yeah. And then you know they think that everything's okay. Uh, Fenton goes and takes the tape off of the guy's face, and then and then the
1: guy cries out in mourning. Because Adam is behind Fenton.
0: Yeah, but he's running up with the axe like a little fucking psychopath. Yep, and, and he kills him.
1: Not Fenton, he kills the guy. Yeah. This, this demon that dad wanted to kill. Um, kind of c- completing his dad's thing that he did. Fenton wanted to let him go, he took the tape off his mouth. And, um,. And then Adam said, "Fuck that! <laughs> yeah, <he> said, <laughs> You're getting muted out of this
0: life." <laughs> he said that he went and buried his. uh that He went and buried them in the rose garden, and then he. They said that I think they said they waited a week or two. That's there's a part where. Okay. Uh, Matthew McConaughey goes back to Matthew McConaughey after Adam kills them, and uh, the detective asks him a question, and he says, Uh, "You know, I really don't want to talk anymore." And then that's when we cut back to the kids, and the kids are burying the father. And that's when Fenton asks Adam to please, if he ever destroys him, to bury him in the Rose Garden. And Adam promises to God that he will do that.
1: Yeah, he said, like, I swear to God, I will. Mm. Like he-
0: And then that's when we cut back again to Detective Doyle and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Agent Doyle's a little confused. He's basically asking, "Why would why would Fenton bury Adam in the rose garden when it was Fenton who asked Adam to do it?" And that's and that's when uh, grown-up Matthew McConaughey says, "Well, it would make sense if the person standing in front of you is Adam."
1: And that's where we get our big twist. Yeah,
0: that's our first twist, so now you <laughs> so know. So I,
1: w- let me just say, when I was watching this movie, I knew that there was a twist. This was one of those movies, like, when you watch an M. Night movie, you walk in, you know there's going to be a don't twist. Don't you
0: ever compare this stuff? Oh, shut M. the fuck.
1: You know what I, I mean, though? I don't ever
0: like, want to hear I that. was
1: aware this was a twisty movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? How
0: dare you? Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. You're so sensitive <laughs> about your horror movies. It's okay, honey. <laughs> but, um... I knew there was going to be a twist, and so at this point I was like, oh shit, that's the twist! And then I started writing even more notes. Oh, I wrote a note because... Um... Oh, never mind, this was a long time ago, never mind. When you said Adam saved his ass, he was about to be God food. <laughs> right before he fell back to trying to kill Ben. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: But yeah, so as we can... Um, like I said, it, it this is the big reveal, and... This basically changes the entire perspective of the movie because from the beginning of the movie, we were told that this was Fenton that we were talking to. So from the story, you were basically being... You were in the shoes of the skeptic. So now that the reveal has been that Adam is the one he's talking to, well, now all of a sudden the dynamics are changing because Adam believed everything his father said. Because now that... And that changes his whole conversation with this detective now mm-hmm. because the, the detective is looking at this guy as, hold up, you're nuts. So you might be, you might be the killer. Yeah. So while they're walking uh, to the Rose Garden, Matthew McConaughey has stopped talking at this point. And we arrive at a grave that's supposed to be Fenton's. And the detective is looking around, and he's like, there's way too many bodies. The God Hands killer has only had five bodies. And he, the detective, is staring at Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey basically tells him that, you know, this is where I bury demons. Fenton kept his victims. And the detective's kind of shocked because he's like, you know, what do you mean? And that's when Adam explains that Fenton was killing people because he thought that it would make Adam come to destroy him sooner. But Adam had to wait until he was on his list or else it would be murder, you know, just like his dad said. So we're at a point now where we kind of understand that Adam is the God's hand killer. And Mm -hmm. the murders that the detectives were investigating were actually Fenton's murders. Because, again, like I said, he
1: was trying to get Adam to come kill him quicker.
0: Exactly. Because at this point, again, we still we're about to hit our second twist because they get into a little bit of a fight.
1: Yeah. So they struggle. Doyle is knocked to the ground, wounded. And then Adam goes to touch him. And then we finally get to see these horrible visions flash past. We see Agent Doyle killing his own mother. With blood spattering everywhere, which is referenced earlier through the film Mm -hmm. too, but we didn't bring it up, it wasn't that important. So Agent Doyle killing his own mother. Uh dad's first female victim, the very first victim that uh Bill Paxton.
0: Yeah, Bill Paxton. Bill
1: Paxton, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You wanted to call him dad, and you said no, I'm allowed to do that. I'm sorry. (laughs) So uh, uh the first female victim is laying in bed with a man whose throat is cut. Uh, the older man that they got from the grocery store uh, is luring a little girl with candy and then pulls her dead body from his car. So, so basically we see these visions of all these yeah. atrocities actually being committed.
0: So we're starting, so, and this is v- and verification that this all is real.
1: So this is our second twist is that they're not crazy.
0: Yeah, Bill Paxton was not crazy. This was an actual mission from God he was getting. Mm-hmm. All of the visions and everything were real
1: but the last vision that they see is of the real Fenton's death at Adam's hands. Yep. So there's no struggle at all. Adam's sitting at, or um, Fenton is sitting at a desk. Basically, you can tell Fenton's had a rough life this, this is mm-hmm. the first time we see adult real Fenton. Cause we've just seen Adam. Yeah. Matthew McConaughey. And so we see, you know, he's drinking. He's not, he looks, scrunch- he looks like he's a tweaker. Basically <laughs> he's not having a good life. He's sitting at a desk typing on a typewriter. And Adam walks up behind him. He doesn't even turn around. He just says, Adam.
0: Yeah, and he gets and <laughs> gets knocked out.
1: Gets knocked out. Um, there's no struggle, basically. It's it's heavily, I wouldn't even say implied. They just basically state they both accepted. Yeah. This is what's going to happen. This is their fate. So this is real.
0: <laughs> exactly. And that <laughs> wasn't crazy. And that's the second twist. And then we see uh, that the detective is all beat up and stuff. He, For some reason, when Adam touched him, he basically lost all of his power. Like, he lost a lot of, like, his stamina. And Adam basically throws him into another hole and touches him again without his gloves. And then we get to see the full extent of the murder with his mom. And that was ridiculous. He was stabbing the shit out of his mom. Mm -hmm. No reason.
1: Absolutely not.
0: And she was old as hell, too. She looked like, um...
1: Like, he looked like they didn't even have to hire a younger actor to play him. He was, like, his age. Let's (laughs) talk about this.
0: So, no. I don't think they got a younger actor. They put that boy in a wig. They did him dirty. Yeah,
1: they really
0: did. They put him in a wig. <laughs> they yeah. did him so dirty. <laughs> Poor Doyle. <laughs> and then his mom looked like like a discount ro- uh, Rosie O'Donnell. That's
1: what I thought I was like. who is this? Like- oh, I was like, is this Kathy fucking Bates? <laughs> oh, yeah, Kathy <laughs> B- that's what I said. I said, Disc- is this is Kathy Bates?
0: <laughs> discount Kathy fucking Bates. But I'm sorry, yeah.
1: Kathy Bates. You're way prettier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so then um, that's when we see uh, the detectives basically telling him, you know, I'm an FBI agent. They're going to look for me. And Adam says, no, they won't. Um, Or they will look
1: for you, but they won't look for Adam. They'll be looking for Fenton.
0: Because, like he said, Fenton keeps all his bodies as trophies in his basement.
1: Oh, that's right. I didn't even think about that So
0: when the detectives go, and they believe that they're chasing Fenton right now because he came in and said that he was Fenton Meeks. He didn't (laughs) say he was Adam. Yeah. So Fenton basically is being blamed for all this, and since he was a killer who kept the bodies that he killed, and those are the bodies the detectives are looking for,
1: mm-hmm.
0: they're going to assume that the detective was the last victim, and that's what Adam's plan was.
1: Uh-huh. So at the FBI building the next day, uh, the people that are looking for Agent Doyle are looking through the security footage. Oh yeah, he
0: kills him. Let's say uh, Matthew McConaughey kills him. He kills uh agent doyle yeah he
1: kills him he's in the grave like he he is killed yeah (laughs) or he destroyed the demon i guess because it's true yeah it's it's real um so they're looking at the camera footage of uh adam who's pretending to be fenton Mm -hmm. and it's all scrambled and distorted so god is actually helping him not get caught like you can't see it
0: all the people that he met that he shook hands with they can't remember his face they're
1: like it's so weird it's all a blur i can't remember it all all no one can give a description of it so they can't see his face uh so they travel to the real Fenton's house and find his body along with a list of all of his victims. And the last name on the list is Agent Doyle. Mm-huh. So Adam Adam was fucking smart. <laughs> the way yeah. this whole well, thing it makes up. you
0: wonder, was Adam really smart or was this God's will? God... I mean, I
1: guess it kinda was just God's will. Because
0: think about it, God God was the one who set it up to where only Fenton's kills were, you know, mm-hmm. being tracked by the FBI.
1: And so we get one agent. Uh, is sent to the small town sheriff's office that got Doyle's call at the beginning of the
0: mm-hmm. the
1: movie when Doyle went and confirmed that he was who he said he was, <laughs> which wasn't the
0: ambulance, stealing, the ambulance scene. stealing
1: part. And so he goes. So an agent is sent to that office, and um, the secretary brings the sheriff out, and it is a neatly uniformed Adam Meeks. Yeah, so Adam Meeks is the sheriff.
0: Good old Matthew McConaughey being a sheriff. And there's a line earlier where the detective comments on Matthew McConaughey being really sharp and that he should be a police officer.
1: And he said, I thought about it when I was younger, but he actually was a sheriff.
0: <laughs> yep, and that's And that adds to it why mm-hmm. he's so cunning and why he's able to get away with a lot of the things that he does because he's the sheriff
1: yeah so adam um as he leaves he tells adam that they wanted him to know about his brother before word got out to the press that's why that agent came over to see matthew mcconaughey as the sheriff adam shakes his hand and holds on for an extra second and the agent is real confused and adam nods and says you're a good man and uh, the secretary walks out and stands behind adam and says praise god and you can tell the secretary is visibly pregnant
0: yep so it looks like it's going to be basically the cycle is going to continue with this Mm. family killing demons
1: yep oh and uh, you said they referenced the secretary's name in the earlier because they say they want to see
0: they say they want to see her tits (laughs) (laughs) when they're
1: kids in the flashback earlier yeah they're like they they talk about a girl I forget what their name is but then that turns out to be the girl that Matthew McConaughey is with so basically um,
0: what do you give the movie
1: what are we doing? Is this out of 10? Is this out of 5? Let's this give out, out a of 5. Hundred?
0: Out of 5 with half stars.
1: Uh, you can't make me stick to halves. I'm sorry. I might have to do .75s and stuff at some point.
0: I mean, that's fine.
1: Okay, um... I'm gonna give this a solid
0: 4.5. I'm giving this a 5. Uh, do you have any reasons that, uh... Do you have anything that you thought was holding it back?
1: I don't know. Maybe I'm just one of those people that doesn't like giving things 5s. Maybe it is a 5. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I think it was good. I don't think there was anything really holding it back.
0: Yeah, I think that for a directorial debut, I think Bill Paxton directed his ass off. And then I think he acted his ass off. And I think that he carried the shit out of this film. Without him, this film is not what it is. Um, You know, with all the type of thrillers and horror movies that we get nowadays, you know, with the supernatural... It's kind of nice to just get an old fashioned, you know.
1: Well, I mean, I guess this is, this is still supernatural.
0: In a way, it's it's more religious, no, you know. No, there is
1: no God. lot. <laughs> <What>? It's supernatural. <laughs> All right,
0: edgy girl. I'm an edgy atheist. I'm sorry. Y- 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 Yikes! Yikes!
1: <laughs> Yikes. Oh, the okay. here.
0: But yeah, um, I think that at some point, this movie is going to become a cult classic where people are. People you know, buying up is. copies, because especially with the death of Bill Paxton, this is a movie that's mm-hmm. going to be hard to miss when you're looking up him in the future, because you don't miss out on someone's directorial debut, especially when it's this good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he has so much goodwill with so many fans that I think all we need for this movie to really take off is just put it on like TBS one of these days, right. yeah, Right. and then it'll take off.
1: No, I agree. I think that this movie does not get as much recognition as I think it should.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and... Because I
1: didn't know what it was. I didn't know about it. Also, what the? can I just say, like, the title does not do much for this. When I hear frailty, I'm like, do I want to watch that, you know? And it doesn't really tell me much about this.
0: Well, I mean, what the hell you want to call it? I, mean, I don't
1: know. God's hand killer fucks shit up. I, then you oh. would be
0: calling it generic. oh okay, well, that's, that's a little on the nose, don't yeah, well, you think? frailty is
1: a little really far away from the nose. It's yeah. like on the foot. It's like it's too far away. <laughs> it's I'm on sorry. the foot. Oh, shit. <laughs> a little closer to the nose. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, there's probably some third or fourth meaning to frailty that we're just not knowing about. Okay, but...
1: let's find out
0: then. It doesn't really matter, though. Yeah.
1: No, it doesn't. Okay. A oh, weakness in characters or morals as well.
0: See, there you so go. So there we go. Well, get wrecked. Bill Paxton does. I'm sorry.
1: Well, he's not the writer. He's just a director. Doesn't matter. I didn't know if he came up with the joke. <laughs>
0: doesn't matter. He pro- you know what? He- okay,
1: wait. Can I ask one more question before we finish off? If you want. Because all this is real, right? Yeah. That's the twist at the end. So yep. Fenton was a demon. Yeah. He wasn't a person. Yeah. Okay.
0: Which is what his father says. His father, the demon told... the and that's what the he angel,
1: whispered to Adam.
0: Well, yeah, the angel came to him and told him that, that he was a demon, but he mm-hmm. didn't want to believe it. But it doesn't matter because he had to show up on the list before he could be killed.
1: Yeah, but Fenton was actually a demon.
0: <laughs> Which actually puts makes me wonder about... um when Adam told him to stop when he was going to kill Fenton, it makes me wonder if it was somewhat because that was his brother, but also because he understood that it wasn't his time yet.
1: Because he wasn't on the list, mm-hmm. yeah. And it would have been murder, yeah. not destroying the demon, yeah. Okay, sorry I need you to explain everything so on the nose to me. <laughs> well,
0: but yeah, uh, that was the end of the first episode. Um, I think it went okay. I mean, the audio quality might not be the greatest, but I mean, we're going to work on it. We're going to figure out what works. I mean, Joy was kind of sitting back part of the time, so if we need to come closer to the mic, we'll figure it out. But we just wanted to get something out there. Um, look out for us on Twitter. Um, the Twitter is, what was that horror movie? Um, we're also going to be uploading our new podcast logo, and <laughs> just wait. If you don't listen to us, you're going to at least like the Twitter picture, and um, our next movie, we're not completely sure yet. I'm I'm still on the fence. We did a little post on Twitter, and a couple of people voted for Jeepers Creepers. And I would love to talk about the film, but I also want to talk about uh, a film that was made in 2010, so we can kind of give you something at the beginning of our timeline and something at the end, so you can kind of... It, it'll be a better representation of the podcast. We get
1: a, we'll get a feel for this
0: You need to be able to see, you got to see the garbage that's at the end of 2010. And then you just got to witness the beauty of (laughs) 2001 and the gems that we got in that year. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, you got any last words?
1: Uh, Thanks for listening to our (laughs) ramble.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like I said, follow us over on Twitter at what was that horror movie and hope you have a good night.